Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to AOA, coming to you from Grand Island, Nebraska, the third and final day of this year's Husker Harvest Days. Another beautiful day, although it's supposed to get uh, hot and windy later today, but uh, still another big day of activities here and in Grand Island. Coming up on our program today, besides keeping you up to date on what's happening here at the show, we're going to talk taxes. That's a big hot issue right now in agriculture. We will talk with the president of the Nebraska Farm Bureau. We'll also talk with Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. And there's a lot of debate going on right now what to do with milk pricing. Paul Blyberg with the National Milk Producers Federation will join us about recommendations the dairy industry is making for some um, fine-tuning of the milk pricing system. So that'll be coming up a little bit later on in the program. But we started off, as we do each day during the show, with the National Events Manager for Farm Progress, Matt Youngman. And you know it's the last day of the show when the when the manager shows up in shorts. We're kind of kind of laid back and just taking it a little relaxed today. It's, uh, it's going to be hot when I'm doing most of the hard work today. 4 o'clock when the show closes is when the the action really picks up. So I'm kind of prepared for that and, and you know, running around and, and getting things in shape. We've got about 500 exhibitors here. They all want to be the first one out of the gate, and our gates won't accommodate people to leave 500 wide. So we, we have to have some kind of order set to this thing to, to get everybody home to their family before the weekend. A good crowd yesterday for your Wednesday crowd, yeah, right? A real good crowd. You know, we, we this is this is mirroring what we saw at Farm Progress Show. So, so... Uh, so specifically that Tuesday was good, Wednesday great, and then a nice Thursday crowd here. You know, Thursday's always the day to come to the show. It's going to be a little hot today, but at the same time, it's going to be breezy. So, you know, I, I have come to find that those of us from Illinois, Mike, don't necessarily stand the wind as well as Nebraskans do. You know, that, that this is breezy to them. To us, this is really windy. They, they don't think it's windy till they have to lean into it, I think. I liked, I heard you say this morning, well, even if we have 30-mile-an-hour winds, the tents are good to 40 miles, yep. right? Yep. That's when uh, we have had to close the show before because of wind out here. And, and this very tent that we're in here in the Syngenta tent, this was the one that we were watching because it's kind of it, a south wind. We're at the south end of the ground, and this one takes the brunt of it. So we keep an eye on this. And, you know, this is this is not a big deal, especially to folks from Nebraska. This is, this is just a light breeze. A lot of good field work yesterday. Really good. You know, the field demos, Jason and Roger have done such a great job in getting everything timed up perfectly. 40 days of growth on that alfalfa and six-tenths of irrigation on it. Uh, late last week, it, it was beautiful. The the hay demo just gets better and better. We get a better and better crowd out there. Every it seems like every day, and uh, and and the corn demos are great. I heard 225 at 21 percent yesterday is the corn that we picked, and and so it, it it's all going going right to plan. Had a kind of a surprise visit drop in <laughs> yesterday. I look up in the sky and wow. Yeah, we. Uh, Typically, we get either the Chinooks for the Nebraska Air Guard are here in Grand Island, and and a lot of times it'll come in, and and we didn't necessarily know till right beforehand that it was it, that they got the clearance to to bring it in. So yeah, put a Chinook down right west of the show site, and and made made a pretty big splash there. Some of those exhibitors got 
dosed with a little bit of dust and corn stalks when we put it down. But uh, it, it certainly drew a crowd, and, and it was a, a little cool surprise in the middle of the day. So you wrap up here today, and you're already thinking about Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa next year. Yeah, we're already working on it. You know, by the time you get to noon yesterday, every, all these exhibitors are kind of like us. If it's not fixed by now, there's no point. You know, we're not going to get it fixed. So now... The, the attention shifts to, to 2022 in Boone, 2022 here in Grand Island, even having some uh, 2023 conversations uh, because, you know, everybody's coming right off of Decatur, and so they want to make their Decatur notes and get, get their word to us of what they want to do. And so a lot of folks looking to, to grow, expand, move, you know, whispering about mergers that might be coming, and we may need to do this and that. And, and then always the the product introductions that are starting to come together. You know, you don't you don't roll out a product at the 2022 Farm Progress Show without a, a lot of work ahead of time to to make everything fall together for a curtain raising at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning of next year. Always changes in the air. I want to thank you. We've done this many times for many years, and you've always been very generous with your time, and you've always allowed me to kind of look behind the curtain a little <laughs> bit with you at what goes on at these shows. Thanks a lot. It's, it's always a pleasure, Mike. You're, you're, a, you're a true professional at this deal, and, and I, I really appreciate the partnership and the friendship and the way that you've helped cover the, cover the events that we do. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You bet. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. All right, we are broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. Back with us today, Travis Gustafson. And, uh, Travis, I want to talk about fungicides. More sure. and more fungicides being applied, more and more farmers using them. Uh, what should they keep in mind as far as the options that are available? What are you recommending? Right, so we have a couple options available for uh, corn and soybean growers across the country. Um, for corn uh, fungicides, we're, we're recommending Trivapro. If you've got, if you're in that area with heavy southern rust, you know, year after year you get southern rust, Trivapro offers us uh, just a little bit more flexibility on that application time, and it's uh, a very potent product against um, southern rust. And then for soybean acres, generally we're recommending uh, Miravis Neo. Miravis Neo offers us the excellent disease control, excellent residual, and um, even a, some white mold suppression. And white mold was a big deal this year. So um, that's, that's one of the uh, advantages to Miravis Neo. And besides disease control, what do these products offer as far as benefits are concerned? Right, so they have disease control, excellent disease control but they also offer us some really good plant health benefits. And so we're gonna see, you know, better, um, better greening, you know, they'll stay green longer, they'll be greener throughout the season after application, um, better nutrient, uh, nutrient use efficiency, and, um, you know, all that translates into a healthier stock because the plant's not trying to rob the stock in order to fill the ear, and better standability at harvest. And, you know, a lot of times if you can harvest at five miles an hour versus three miles an hour because your corn's down, um, that alone is money in the bank. So um, that, that's one of the advantages there. At some point in the year, the farmer has to make that call, whether it's worth the investment for fungicides or not. More and more, as I said, are doing that. Uh, so we're starting to see more and more of the benefits, right? Yeah, yeah, we're starting to see more benefits of it. And a lot of times that decision is driven by commodity prices. Mm -hmm. uh, this year um, it was... The, the grain is worth too much to let it just sit out there and not protect it. So we're really trying to protect that yield and make sure that we, you know, keeping that bottom side of the yield limited and, and trying to maximize that top end. 
So I think with this growing interest in fungicides, as you said, a lot of times it's a year-to-year -year, uh, situation, depending on a lot of times on the prices, obviously, of, of the grain. Uh, where can growers get more information as they start thinking more about that moving forward? You can talk to your local Syngenta rep or, um, you know, the, the Internet's a great resource. Boostyouryields.com uh, would be our website for Miravis Neo uh, data or information if you want that. Or notafraidtowork.com would be the, the Triva Pro Center there. Because hopefully the green prices will be good again next year. And we're, uh, we're all hoping. Yeah, and that will make uh, fungicides look uh, even more appealing again. Travis, thanks a lot. Thanks Appreciate a lot, Mike. It. All right. That's Travis Gustafson with... Syngenta. We are broadcasting from the Syngenta 10 on this, the final day of Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska. A lot of discussion around taxes, proposed tax changes, making their way through uh, the legislative process could have big impact on agriculture. We're going to talk with the president of the Nebraska Farm Bureau about that next. That was a big topic of conversation at the event here at Husker Harvest Days. We'll talk more about it next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. For more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders, as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Every Tuesday, we'll be sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS. Join us and learn how CHS creates the vital connections that empower agriculture helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed. We'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system, sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together. Join us around the table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... <laughs> hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track, no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. 
I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, earlier this week here at uh, Husker Harvest Days, uh, there was an event held uh, at the Nebraska Farm Bureau building with ag leaders here in the state and legislative leaders. The governor was here as well talking about concerns about the potential impact, negative impact on agriculture that some of these proposed tax changes could have. And we're watching what's happening in in Washington, Washington this week. The House Ways and Means Committee has advanced uh, their proposal for the uh, $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation package. Now, some good news, some bad news from an agricultural standpoint. Uh, the proposals uh, that we're, we really were concerned about stepped-up basis. It looks like stepped-up basis would be protected. However, when it comes to the estate tax, the current state estate tax exemption would be lowered in this proposal. So we're watching that closely. We're joined now by the president of the Nebraska Farm Bureau, Mark McHarg. Mark, thank you for joining us. This is a this is a priority issue, isn't it, for farmers in your state and around the country? It is. You know, you, uh, you think about agriculture, you think about the amount of assets that we deal with and the money that we deal with. It's, a, it's a, I would say, a significant business across the country. And so anytime we're talking about taxes, potential tax changes, that always gets the interest of agriculture. A lot of focus on stepped-up basis. It looks like, as I mentioned, in this proposal, it would be protected. But what are your thoughts on if they're going to lower that exemption level for the estate tax? And that, because that's something that uh, agriculture works so hard to uh, to get up to a higher level and then to protect it. Now it may be uh, changed. Well, you're right. Uh, we've 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 been playing with that football for quite a while. It's gone back and forth. But what we do know is that uh, agriculture, ag land, has consistently gone up, uh, as has inputs and the, just the amount of money that's needed to farm. So to take the exemption down is really going the wrong direction. When you have assets appreciating, uh, we're trying to protect those assets for the next generation. And so that, uh, that is problematic. Uh, we'll continue to work on that. What did you think when you read and, and heard the comments of Secretary Vilsack in a Wall Street Journal column, I believe it was, where he, he basically said that stepped-up basis doesn't protect farmers? What did you think of that? Well, it's just, it's just not accurate. It's not true. I think Secretary Vilsack is taking uh, his talking points from the administration. I'm pretty sure that he was, that was probably something that he had to put out there. Secretary clearly understands agriculture. Uh, I think this is just kind of a shot across the bow that uh, I'm assuming he probably knew that we were going to push back on that, and it was necessary. And now that it's not included in the House Ways and Means, I think uh, our message probably was heard. 
And uh, that's the reason we exist, the ag groups, Nebraska Farm Bureau, those are the kind of things that we can weigh in and have a, a heavy impact on. When you talk with your members here in the state of Nebraska, is the tax issue right at the top of the list of their priorities and concerns? I would say it is. You know, being out of Husker Harvest Day's last couple of days, uh, a number of them have come up to me and said, hey, we're working on transition plans. Uh, this is really concerning. One of the other things we're uh, hearing more and more about is just the cost of input, uh, the cost of fertilizer for next year, the availability of parts. That's a growing concern, and that's, that's real as we start, uh, we get into harvest, we're starting to look towards next year. There's some, there's some real concerns out there. Yeah, the price of things and the supply, the, the, su the supply chain interruptions and delays, that's really, a, that's really a big issue. It seems like it's impacting everyone, but especially in agriculture when time is of such essence on so many things, that, that's really a critical issue. Well, in harvest season, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little wider window than, than uh, planting season. But, you know, if you have a combine tire a blowout, and, you know, that happens. Uh, the availability of combine tires, I'm told, is just really tight. We're talking with the president of Nebraska Farm Bureau, Mark McCarg. Mark, as you, yeah, had, you had the governor... Yeah, you had the governor with you here at Husker Harvest Days. I mean, so obviously uh, he's listening and watching closely on this tax issue as well. Yeah, the governor gets it. Um, I mean, he understands tax policy very well. Uh, in Nebraska, he's been very uh, good on working towards property tax. And uh, he can weigh in at the uh, national level. He's got his contacts, and uh, he certainly will and does do that. Obviously, uh, you're a big supporter and promoter of, of biofuels as well. Are, how concerned are you or frustrated that uh, there's so much push uh, by this administration towards electric vehicles and maybe not nearly as much as you'd like to see on biofuels? Well, Mike, that's an interesting conversation because when you talk to the biofuels industry, uh, if we can start capturing the carbon coming off these stacks of these ethanol plants, we can actually demonstrate that ethanol would have a smaller a carbon footprint than the electrical vehicles. So I think we actually have a great story to tell. Uh, we got to keep working towards that. But uh, again, that's our job within agriculture. We've got to help people understand that. And hopefully, uh, ultimately, uh, at times, we'll have to influence policy uh, uh, around those issues. Mark, what are your members saying when about carbon sequestration and carbon banking and we hear about the, the possible revenue streams, income streams for farmers. Uh, uh, are they skeptical? Or are they optimistic? Or are they looking into it? What are you hearing? <laughs> you know, Mike, it's just we talk about it probably nearly every day. It's the wild, wild west. Everybody knows there's something there that agriculture can actually get a hold of. We can be a part of it. Right now, the dollars that are being thrown around per acre are just not very significant. $10, $15 an acre to lock yourselves into a particular uh, methodology of farming. I think people are concerned about that, but they don't want to discount it because uh, really the world's talking about uh, carbon sequestration and banking. Agriculture controls so much of the land mass that uh, there, there's an opportunity there uh, we just need to, we're telling our producers just weigh all the options. Be real careful before you sign a contract that you have a legal advice uh, on that. 
Right. Ask the questions, get the information, and make an informed decision. Mark, good to talk with you. Good to see you this week at Husker Harvest Days. Thanks for joining us. You bet, Mike. Take care. Mark McCarg, he's the president of Nebraska Farm Bureau. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk with Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. We are broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent here on the final day of Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska. We're joined now by Jeremy Yelenick with Syngenta. We're going to talk about um, uh, something that's uh, a big part of farm management uh, right now, and that is... Um, incorporating your data and whole farm management into your planning and into your strategy and and Jeremy thanks for joining us but this is more and more a part of a farming operation isn't it yeah correct yeah thanks Mike for having me on today um, yeah really it does when uh, growers get looking at uh, you know the financial piece uh, of the farm and you know how do we keep track of our applications and really planning I mean you know Syngenta we offer a whole farm management program uh, that's called AgriEdge. That empowers you to make faster, data-driven decisions. Uh, our technology platform uh, really helps you drive better yields and maximize potential returns on that investment. Okay, so when we're talking about AgriEdge, then how do these digital tools within the program bring value to growers? Because that's what they're they're looking right. at. How, how does it pay off for them? Yeah, so really, how does it bring value to our growers? I mean, with AgriEdge, growers can know their numbers, right? I mean, farming, if you, you got to know what... You got to know what you're doing from a number standpoint, you know, whether that's how many gallons of fertilizer you're putting out, uh, rates, you know, seeding rates. Um, if you know those numbers and, you know, we have the tools to help you know those numbers, it allows growers to make faster data uh, decisions on their operation. So there are a lot of these types of programs out there in the marketplace right. today. How is AgriEdge different from the others? Yeah, so uh, AgriEdge, I mean, it incorporates more than, uh, you know, technology rebate it is that whole farm management program we really focus on you know five pillars of the agri-edge programs it's agronomics uh, service stewardship uh, economics and technology I mean it it provides that full season approach to data collection management analysis uh, growers can expect to have a tool uh, that helps them at the start of the season in the middle of the season and at the end and everywhere in between uh, but with Sagena it won't be a it won't be apparent they're all different tools because they all function uh, with an AgriEdge. So, and you know, I'd like to say uh, AgriEdge has been around for uh, uh, 20 years. We're celebrating 20 year anniversary uh, this year. So, uh, so you got a track record. We got a good track record, um, and we still we can we still continue to see a really high adoption rate uh, with this technology as more and more growers are uh, you know getting rolled into the AgriEdge program every year. So they need to check it out. AgriEdge from Syngenta. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks All for right. having me, Mike. Jeremy Yelenick with Syngenta as we broadcast here this final day of Husker Harvest Days. We're going to talk more about this tax issue and these uh, concerns that agriculture has. Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, will be joining us next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable. 
now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. This morning's weekly export sales report showed net sales for 2021-2022 of 246,600 metric tons, a disappointing number according to the Wire Talk. Monday's five-point drop in the corn condition rating in Illinois and some disappointing anecdotal yield reports has some traders talking about dropping the national yield. On the Board of Trade this morning, December corn trading a penny and three quarters lower at 531 and three quarters. The March contract down a penny and a half cent at 539 and a fraction. Looking at soybeans, the November contract trading three and three quarters of a cent higher at 1298 and a fraction. The January contract up three and three quarters at 1307 and a fraction. For wheat, Chicago wheat December trading three and a half cent lower at 708 and three quarters. Kansas City wheat December down two and a half cent at 713 and a half cent. Minneapolis spring wheat December down a penny and a half cent at 903 and a fraction. The March contract trading two cents lower at 891 one and a half cent. In cash cattle country, it's slow to start this morning following yesterday's light to moderate business. Southern live deals were marked at $123 to $124, steady with last week's weighted averages. Northern dress deals were marked mostly at $200, a dollar lower than last week's weighted average basis in Nebraska. Asking prices for cattle left on show lists are around that $125 mark in the south and $202 in the south. More trade should take place today or tomorrow. Beef cutout are expected to be lower with light to moderate box movement. Looking at those live cattle futures on the Board of Trade this morning, the October contract, 35 cents lower at 123.82, December down 62 at 128.82. For feeders, October down 42 at 156.07, November $1.07 lower at 156.50. In lean hogs, December down 50 cents at 71.75, the October contract 42 cents higher at 82.70. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. 
And back here in Grand Island, Nebraska, final day of Husker Harvest Days. I'm broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. Glad to have by phone joining us now the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. Zippy, good to talk with you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, Mike. Good. Always good to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Let's talk about the tax situation, these proposals. It's very fluid situation. The latest we have, the House Ways and Means Committee advancing their plan, which looks like it would protect stepped-up bases, but would lower the current estate tax exemption. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we, we are very concerned about what's going on, and of course, it's, it's very fluid right now, and, and uh, we think we're in a pretty good place, but you never know what might happen over the weekend, and and in the next week so we're, we're working hard to make sure that there's no harm comes to our farmers uh, we're trying to hold the line on stepped up basis uh, and and be able to keep that of course uh, you know any any movement that they replacement they try to do is, is just deferring that tax on to later generations which makes it very very difficult on passing it on to the next generation and and that, that tax debt hanging over their heads. Zippy, what did you think when Secretary Vilsack came out and made the statement that stepped-up basis doesn't protect farmers? What did you think of that? Well, we know it does, and I think he, he was painting a picture that wasn't fully complete. Uh, you know, a, a lot of farmland is bought as investment properties, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, family farms going from one generation to the next where it takes all that land to actually make uh, a living for a family to live there out in rural America and keep that economy going. So uh, we, we were disappointed in that. But don't let me, don't let me, uh, uh, Secretary Bill Sachs doing a tremendous job. We just have a different opinion on this. We know that stepped up basis affects our, 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 our uh, opportunity to be able to pass this farms on the next generation and even though in this latest proposal stepped-up basis is protected as you mentioned earlier you have to keep working on this because it is fluid and this isn't a final uh, deal yet so this, until this package is completely done you don't know so you have to keep working right that's exactly right that's exactly right and we encourage farmers and ranchers to continue to to uh, talk to their representatives and talk to their senators just to make sure that this doesn't sneak in somewhere because it could in the middle of the night sneak in. It, you know, we would like to see a more open discussion, more bipartisan discussion, uh, but it's pretty closed up tight and, and being the discussion is being held just by a few. And when you do that, it, it is not transparent and it gives opportunity for bad things to slip in. So we don't need to give up. we got a lot of good friends on both sides of the aisles, aisles that are helping us. Uh, but you never know what might happen in the middle of the night. Uh, so everybody needs to stay involved and stay engaged and keep hammering it home. The stepped-up basis is important to, to future generations of agriculture. Zippy, I've been talking a lot about this lately, that this is this is a... A dangerous time here uh, for agriculture because a lot is being offered as far as funding for some important projects that agriculture has long advocated for but you have to be careful of at what cost right I mean if if these tax changes get put in place that could hurt agriculture in the long run you can't really uh, 
uh, enjoy the benefits in the short run that some of that funding could uh, bring, even though we know those projects need to be funded. So this, this is a critical time of decision for agriculture. This is a tough one. But, you know, if we can't pass our farms on the next generation, who will be farming it? Will it be, will it be a foreign country, a people from other countries? Will it be big companies and take uh, taking the ability for family farms to be on the land? We don't know what the consequences would be of this. All we know is it's going to make it difficult to pass on to the next generation. And we, you know, with land prices going up, uh, it, it's going to affect us big time. You get in the Midwest where land prices are high. We, we estimated if there's a farm over three, uh, 633 acres, uh, they're going to owe capital gains tax to death if this keeps up, slips in. So uh, we need to make sure uh, that, that something doesn't happen that would affect thousands of farms across our country, tens of thousands. We've got a lot of other issues, Zippy. There's, they're talking about changing waters of the U.S., and we're not sure what's going to happen with, from this administration when it comes to biofuels. I mean, these are big issues facing agriculture. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, biofuels, I'm very passionate about that because, you know, our country was not energy independent, and when we made the decision to try to become energy independent, uh, they, our country looked our farmers and ask us to play a role and we created a great infrastructure in rural America to uh, to help our country become independent by but using these biofuels and a third of our corn crop uh, goes to that issue uh, we need to make sure that this country stands good on promise uh, when 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 we were asked to do that and our farmers stepped up and, and took the risk on to, to answer that call and we need to remember why we went in this direction, and this country needs to continue to stand behind. And, of course, the waters of the U.S. was the biggest land grab in the history of our country, federal land grab. And we do not need to go back there. We need to make sure that these, um, uh, these rules are simple and easy to interpret so that our farmers never have to question uh, where the, the, the state and federal uh, 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 jurisdiction is on our lands. Zippy, how would you describe your relationship with this new administration? Well, we're working on that. We, you know, we started out early after the election trying to build that relationship. I tell you that we got some good people to work with. Uh, they've they've uh, very uh, helpful in in letting us have a seat at the table. And I could point out uh, things to where we've influenced and a lot of our farmers' policies are reflected in some of the things that they have proposed to do. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm very pleased at where we're at. It could be a lot more difficult, but the people we're working with, Secretary Black, comes with a lot of experience, and he and I have become uh, good friends and talk almost weekly. Uh, Mr. Regan uh, has said that agriculture is always going to have a seat at the table. Uh, and you know, I, uh, and, and and we're so I'm I'm encouraged that we have a seat at the table and that we could try to help make a difference in a very difficult time. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means we have a seat at the table and we're going to be pushing our farmers' voice and their policies forward. And finally, Zippy, uh, with so much talk about carbon sequestration, carbon banking, income opportunities for farmers. Uh, what are you telling your members and what are you uh, watching out for to make sure this is indeed a positive for agriculture? 
Well, first off, we we got a really good economic staff here of economists, and we have one that's done a lot of work in that area and is traveling the country, going to Farm Bureau meetings everywhere, trying to give our farmers some insight as to what all this uh, these markets are offering them, trying to keep uh, uh, give them the awareness so they don't make any mistakes. I think we're very early in this process. I think the Growing Climate Solution Act is, was a good move that was passed in the Senate. Uh, it, it will help uh, bring USDA into it and be a, a third party and bring additional farmer voices to, to that market. Uh, but there's so far to, so much to be determined. Uh, I would I tell our farmers to be very, very careful right now uh, because uh, this market is just being developed. It's going to see a lot of changes. Uh, one of the things that we're concerned about is is being able to protect our farmers' data, uh, and and also we want to make sure that farmers that have been working hard on uh, conservation programs, which are uh, uh, climate change, uh, climate uh, smart practices, uh, we want to make sure that they get recognized for the decades of work that they've been doing out there, and and those th- those are the two important. Things. Third important thing is, you know, we don't want to do this just for the sake of doing it. We need to make sure that that the farmers are reaping uh, the benefits uh, out of uh, this carbon market because they're the ones doing the work and actually making it happen. And and if we let the uh, the, uh, aggregators make all the money, that is not something that we're interested in delivering to the farm. It needs to be cover the cost and it needs to help farmers put these practices on the ground and do the right, uh, continue to do the right thing uh, as we move forward uh, on climate uh, policy. Zippy, always good to talk with you. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. I always enjoy uh, being with you. I hope you all have a great day and God bless you. Thank you very much. Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. All right, back here at the Husker Harvest Days, joined now by David Schlake. He's Golden Harvest Agronomy Manager for the West Commercial Unit. David, thank you for joining us. Let's talk about the launch of the Gold Series soybeans. Uh, why, why are you so excited about this? Yeah, so our Gold Series soybeans are a line of soybeans that feature exclusive genetics from Sagenna. And we've been able to combine high-yielding uh, trait platforms such as uh, Enlist E3 and ExtendFlex soybeans uh, with our uh, exclusive genetics. So what can farmers expect from Gold Series soybeans as far as performance is concerned? Yeah, you know, you can expect, um, you know, really some outstanding performance. We go, our Gold Series soybeans uh, undergo extensive testing, um, you know, for performance, and they're specifically bred and selected for our Golden Harvest soybean portfolio. Okay, stay with us. We're going to talk more okay. about this. Uh, we're talking with David Schlake, Golden Harvest Agronomy Manager, talking about uh, the Gold Series soybean line. We'll get more information on that. And we're going to talk with Paul Blyberg with the National Milk Producers Federation about some uh, debate going on over milk pricing. That's next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. 
you can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Purdue Ag Economist Michael Langmeyer with the latest numbers from the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. Been a while since we've been able to say this, but we actually saw the numbers improve slightly this month. The index has been relatively flat uh, the last three months. We were at 138 in August. That compares to 134 in July and 137 in June, so relatively flat. When you look at the two sub-indices, however, there was some improvement in the index of, of current condition, and I think that can be explained in, in a couple different ways. First of all, crop prices have held fair, fairly steady in terms of the prospects for this fall, but as we get closer to harvest, if, if it looks like there's going to be a fairly good harvest, people get a little bit more optimistic, and so we may see some, you know, depending on, on, uh, on, on the yield projections, we may see some improvement as we move into the fall uh, based on, based on the potential crop yields. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. On-road or off-road, you'll find the FS lubricant you need from our full line of premium quality products. At FS, our lubricants use the highest quality base oils and latest additive technology to meet and exceed most manufacturer specifications. Advanced protection against wear ensures you'll get maximum value from both your lubricant and equipment investments. Squeeze every bit of performance out of every piece of equipment you own. Let the FS Energy Specialists help you go further. Go further with FS. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer Editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day 
to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back as we wrap things up at Husker Harvest Days here in Grand Island, Nebraska, broadcasting from the Syngenta tent. We're going to talk milk pricing here in just a moment, but I want to finish up my conversation with David Schlake, Golden Harvest Agronomy Manager. David, uh, before the break, we were talking about the launch of your Gold Series soybean line, and uh, you're selling them now for planting next year, right? Correct, yeah. We just recently launched 34 uh, Gold Series soybean products that are available for the 2022 planting season. And they range in maturity anywhere from a, a 0.09 up to a 5.7. Uh, Twelve of those varieties are in List E3 uh, soybean trait platform based uh, with tolerance to three herbicide mode of actions, 2,4-D choline, uh, glyphosate, and glufosinate. And we also launched 22 varieties uh, in the ExtendFlex soybean trap platform offering uh, tolerance to di dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. Uh, in addition to our 34 gold soybean uh, exclusive launch products from this year, we also did uh, launch an additional five new Enlist E3 soybean varieties as well for a total of 30 new soybean, 39 wow. new soybean products this, this year. So there are a lot there, uh, a lot new. There will be a lot of questions, I'm sure, by, by growers looking into this uh, for next year. Where can they get more information? Yeah, you know, um, Golden Harvest, uh, our Golden Harvest portfolio is available exclusively from our Golden Harvest seed advisors and local uh, seed advisors that work directly with farmers uh, to identify the best products for their farm. So, uh, you know, if a person wants more information, they can see their local Golden Harvest seed advisor uh, or their local Golden Harvest uh, sales rep, and they can find out more information at goldenharvestseeds.com. So they'll want to check out what will work best for them, right? Absolutely, and, and talk to their local trusted advisor. All right, David, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, to, uh, thanks Mike. You bet. David Schlake, Golden Harvest Agronomy Manager. All right, uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion right now over milk pricing, and we're joined by Paul Bleiberg, Senior Vice President, Government Relations for the National Milk Producers Federation. Paul, I will not even pretend, will not even try to uh, let anyone think I could understand or explain uh, how the milk pricing system works, but I do know that there are concerns with it and some things that I know that you would like to see change, so kind of Kind of give us a, an update on where we are as this debate is taking place and, and how, what are the areas of concern and how you think they could be addressed? Well, thanks, Mike, for having me on. And I certainly agree that it's, uh, you know, working in the dairy industry myself, it's, I find it complicated to understand milk pricing much of the time. But uh, certainly the last 18 months during the pandemic have been a needed crash course for, for me and many of us in many ways as we've seen how different irregularities that have gone on in the marketplace have manifested themselves through our pricing system. And that's actually at the core of one of the items we're really wanting to see reformed, which is the class one mover. And this is part of the calculation on the class one price, which is, of course, for, you know, fluid milk. 
And the change was made in the last farm bill to modify how this was calculated. And at the time that it was made, it's something that we anticipated would be revenue neutral for dairy farmers, would not cost them any money in terms of class one skim milk revenue. Unfortunately, that didn't turn out to be the case last year when the government purchased significant cheese uh, quantities as part of the Farmers to Family Food Box program. While there was welcome relief for many farmers when it came to price, it also had a very big downside in terms of this loss of revenue for many, many farmers around the country because the new formula did not protect producer revenue uh, as was intended when you had a large spread between the Class 3 price for cheese and the Class 4 price for butter powder and other dried products. So what we're seeking to do um, going forward is reform the Class 1 mover in some way uh, to make sure that we account for that core concept that we initially uh, had counted on being reflected, which is that producers would not lose any money relative to the old, uh, you know, higher of uh, mover. Now, USDA has taken an initial step to, re- to reimburse farmers for some of what they lost, you know, last year, which we estimate to be about $750 million. The USDA Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance for- Program is going to provide about $350 million of that. We're going to be working with Congress not only to provide more money for that program, but also to do so in a way that doesn't impose a limitation on the volume of milk that can be that can be covered to try to cover that full loss from last year. But separately from what happened last year, we do think the mover needs to be reformed going forward to avoid a repeat of the problem in the future. So you're not saying throw the whole thing out. You're saying reform it, right? Yeah, and there's a number of different ways on uh, on how you can do that. And so that's what, you know our economic policy is going to, committee is going to be reconvening this fall to continue discussions on that issue as well as on other federal order issues. And so we'll be looking at what's the best way to make sure that the Class 1 mover really functions as intended for, for producers. Hey, Paul, while I've got you, we've spent a lot of this show talking about uh, these proposed tax changes. Certainly would have a great impact on agriculture. The latest proposal looks like it would protect stepped-up basis but lower the exemption level for the estate tax. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that as this, uh, as this process continues? Still digging into the details of what the House Ways and Means Committee has proposed. Uh, to your comments, step-up basis is protected, which is great. There is a change there in the estate tax exemption. There's also a modification, I understand, on special use valuation that may have some offsetting impact on the change in the exemption, but we still need to get a, a fuller understanding, and obviously the Senate's going to be weighing in on the process, too. So it, it's you know, better to see what the final product looks like and try to get the best outcome that we can as we keep going here for farmers. But right now, it's still a little unclear. Yeah, you can't just breathe a sigh of relief and say, oh, stepped-up basis is protected because of this latest proposal from the House Ways and Means Committee, because it's not a final deal, right? A lot of things could still change before the final product. Things could. I think it's it's very positive because a lot of members of Congress in both parties have really spoken up vocally about the need to protect stepped-up basis, including members of the Agriculture Committees in both parties, which is great. And so I think having that, having that protection in the initial draft is, is positive because it'll be harder to change that later on now that many members of Congress have pointed out, hey, look, we were successful here in protecting this in the first draft. That's not to say that there couldn't be a change in the process, but I think it, it's a very good first, you know, hopeful time. So. Yeah, Secretary Vilsack's comments that stepped-up basis doesn't protect farmers got a lot of people speaking out on it on both sides of the political aisle, so maybe that actually... in in kind of reverse psychology, it might be helped get it protected, at least in the House Ways and Means Committee. We'll see about moving forward. Paul, good to talk with you. Thanks for the update. Thanks for having me on, Mike.
Paul Blyberg, Senior Vice President, Government Relations for the National Milk Producers Federation. And that wraps up our coverage of Husker Harvest Days. Our thanks to Syngenta for hosting us here in their tent all three days. Really appreciate it. Mike Pearson will be sitting in for me tomorrow. I'll be back with you on Monday, right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.